I'd like to welcome you all to Sunday service here at the village, especially to those who are here for the first time, our visitors and guests, and to those joining us online. I'm Naya Swami Parvati. This is Naya Swami Pranava. I'll read from Rays of the One Light. These are commentaries on the Bible and Bhagavad Gita, written by Swami Kriyananda and based on Yogananda's teachings. This week, the title, Do You Need a Guru? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramhansa Yogananda. Many people scoff at the idea of having a guru. True to human nature generally, they make a virtue of their scoffing. I am responsible for what I do, they announce. Responsible for my mistakes as well as for my victories. What would I ever learn if I handed over my development to someone else? To depend on another for guidance would be an act of spiritual cowardice. It would be understandable for someone gifted with some trivial ability, for instance, with words, to insist on doing his crossword puzzle himself without letting anyone else help him. But supposing even in such trivial matters he had no such gift, what virtue would there be in refusing to learn? For that matter, moreover, where do our gifts come from? They are not a native ability. Still, crossword puzzles are hardly an important challenge. What if a person wanted to do something daring, to climb a cliff, for instance, but refused to study the art of mountain climbing? He would still climb at the risk, he would climb at the risk of his life. And how much more is risked than physical life in the great adventure of the divine search? where the risk is to salvation itself. Where is the sacrifice in seeking guidance? Even a mountain guide wouldn't presume to do one's climbing for one. His purpose would be only to help the neophyte to climb safely. To have a wise guru is not a sign of weakness, but of plain common sense. All the saints, aware as they are of the hazards of the adventure, agree on the importance of having a guide or guru. And these are the heroes speaking, not cowards or spiritual weaklings. Jesus emphasized the importance of having a teacher by asking John to baptize him. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 3, we read of his coming to John. Thus, Jesus said to John, it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. In the Bhagavad Gita, the fourth chapter, Sri Krishna says, Open thyself to those who have attained wisdom. They will be thy teachers. Ask questions of them, both verbally and mentally. Serve them faithfully and with devotion. How is the devotee to recognize one who has attained wisdom? The Bhagavad Gita gives us this inspiring description of the sage. By this sign is he known, being of equal grace to comrades, friends, chance comers, 
strangers, lovers, enemies, aliens, and kinsmen, loving all alike, evil or good. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. you to close your eyes and tune into this reading from Whispers from Eternity from Paramahansa Yogananda, his book of answered prayers, and feel that the words, the vibration of these words are from your heart. With folded hands, bowed head, and heart laden with the myrrh of reverence, I come to thee. Thou art my parents, I am thy child. Thou art the master, I am ready to obey thy silent command of thy voice. I conjured the fragrant devotion of all hearts and mixed it with my tears. Now I am eager to wash thy feet in silence. A river of my ardent crystal tears of craving rushes forth to meet thee. Wilt thou see that my boisterous flood of devotion be not lost in the desert of disappointment? Wilt thou see that my mad flood of devotion follows always the right course which leads to thee. You can remain with your eyes closed or you can open them at this point. Uh, you know, probably, I, I was trying, just thinking as I was sitting here, when was the first time I even tuned into the word guru? Um, and I think this is when it first happened. It was on one of the liner notes for a record album by Jefferson Airplane back when I was probably about 15 years old and it said uh, it was giving thanks and it said thanks to uh, our musical guru Jerry Garcia who was from the Grateful Dead you can see where I was at at that time in my life Um, and you know it's interesting that usage in that way is actually very common in India where the idea of the guru is also just a teacher but what the reading is and what the spiritual path really refers to is the sat guru, the true guru, the guru that is one with the divine. There is no separation. The guru is that pure expression of the divine. And, you know, when I look around in this room and perhaps you watching online, that we have a real spectrum of how we relate to the guru. Uh, We have people that have been on the spiritual path with Yogananda as the guru for 50 years. And we have maybe some of you that have come to Ananda for the first time for this weekend. And what do you mean you're going to talk about the guru? I'm here for the law of attraction. Uh, You know, and so it's important to respect all of that. Because the question isn't so much for for us, uh, only is it important to have a guru it's important to understand, first of all, what it is that our lives are about. What's really happening? Well, the destiny for every sentient being, regardless of what their belief system is, regardless if they understand anything, the destiny of each person is to attain self-realization, meaning that oneness with God, of God alone being the essence of who we are. 
Now, it's not just God alone and we leave the world behind. That is in the emphasis, especially in this time. It's really that God alone can be expressed through everything, through all our feelings, through all our thoughts, through all our words, and through all our actions. But it's God alone at the essence of that that really is the destiny of our soul awakening that cannot be different for any of us. Even if we seem that we're going speedily the opposite direction, that's just playing the part of the bad guy really well. But the destiny is still the same, is to come around and really uh, tune into that experience of God. I don't know if you've ever met people that are actors or actresses. Um, uh, I know there was this one fellow that was connected with Ananda. He was a devotee, and he lived in Los Angeles. Parvi and I got to meet him uh, a number of years ago before he passed away. But he was a part actor, and he was in many shows. Um, and in fact, I remember uh, seeing him in this one show, and he always played. He had a peculiar facial expression, and he always looked like a bad guy, just naturally, in any of, in any of the things. He was in Colombo Mysteries, and he was just in a lot of things. But when we went to see him, uh, he wasn't, of course, like that. He was this beautiful devotee, beautiful soul that was tuning into what really was there for him. So really an important question is, where are we going with our lives? What is really trying to unfold in our lives? What is going to bring us real joy, real fulfillment in, in the experience of life itself? I remember reading an article in one of the yoga magazines. Oh, it must have been 20, 25 years ago. It was a very good article. And it pointed out, some people will go on questioning, well, where are the great gurus in our time? And he said, the real question is, where are the great disciples? And are you one of them? Isn't that interesting? The seeking has to be for the ultimate experience of oneness in God. That is what is important in our lives. The guru comes into play being that personal connection, although impersonally, for us. Both personal and impersonal. But the guru is that light, that touch, that awakening of the divine that is universal and omnipresent into our experience now. And so the point isn't so much to seek a guru the point is to develop our own awareness of discipleship. So that if someone is brand new to the spiritual journey, is going beyond seeing the guru as Jerry Garcia, and trying to see something deeper than that, then the point isn't to say, I need to find a guru. The point is to say, how do I deepen my spiritual life? Because the saying goes, the guru will appear when the disciple is ready. Now that is interesting because it's not only for the, the novice, the new person, that may be questioning if this is even a valid point of having guru. It's as much an important point for the long-term disciple. Because the long-term disciple can easily turn away from tuning into the guru when life presents its challenges or when life presents 
It's non-challenges. Just the everyday, moment-by-moment, mundane life experience that we live. We can so readily forget the need for the guru. But the guru isn't just that personality. And indeed, that can confuse us. We can feel we, we nurture the connection with the image of the guru. And that's very vital. It's very, very important for us to do that. But we can't stop there. Because then there's a them and us. There is a Yogananda and then there's us. But really what's starting to happen deeper as we go deeper is that what's revealed to us is that the Guru is in our hearts all the time. The Guru is there touching us. But we need to remember that. We need to pause to take the time to reinvigorate, to reconnect in that experience so that we know that the need for the Guru is not for the Guru's sake. It's not that we have adulation and, you know, blessings for the Guru. That, even that, is important, but more that it opens our hearts to feel the Guru. Not to relate to the Guru out there, but to know, to feel, to be in that love of the Guru without the separation. And that's really the challenge for everybody, is to how do we walk forward, how do we refine what's going on spiritually for us? Not just the images of what that is, because I knew I grew up um, having a very romantic connection with the spiritual path. Um, You know, the books I would read were the Carlos Castaneda books and a number of other books, Be Here Now, um, And they all gave me a powerful image of, this is great, this is wonderful. But it was a romanticization of that. It was was like it made me feel good, but I was still here and there was that. And when I started to meditate when I was 18, then I could start to feel, I remember the very first meditation having something that was different as an experience. Odd and overwhelmed but touched by it. And I remember thinking that this has to be the key. And I didn't learn the techniques that Yogananda taught us. It was before I made that connection. But nevertheless, I felt this is the key, opening up. I remember when I went to work, I I took a bus to work, and it was about a 40-minute bus ride going there and coming back. And I would just meditate. I would just sit there and meditate because I just felt, why not? Although the the caution was, only meditate twice a day uh, in the techniques that I was taught. But I thought, why not? Why not explore this more? And so I would do that. And then I would just feel that something is trying to happen here. I have no idea what it is. You know, I would read and get somewhat better of an idea. But it was aloof. It was removed. I couldn't really appreciate it more than, again, as a romantic notion of, you know, there's a guru out there and sitting on some mountaintop and all he needs to do is touch me in my heart and I'm going into ecstasy. I I love that idea. (laughs) (laughs) But even then I knew that the touch was inside already. 
and I just need to explore that. And so I did. I just would meditate. And I, I realized that group meditation was important. And so I went to group meditation from the first week of learning to meditate. I went once a week to meditation as much as I could to feel that. And then what started to happen was um, I was going to courses in the, in the approach to meditation that I was first initiated into. And someone said that uh, the, the leader of this approach to meditation said that everyone should read the autobiography of a yogi. And my brother had just finished reading it. And so I thought, I'm going to read this. Well, it's interesting. I don't know about you, but I read that book and was deeply connected to Yogananda, but had no conscious inkling of him being my guru. Isn't that interesting? I did not have that conscious awakening. I was deeply thrilled. I was deeply connected to feeling Yogananda's presence. But some veil remained on on my consciousness that didn't make that step of, ah, here's my guru. It was like my journey was needing to open up in a general way. And this is really the emphasis Yogananda has given us. Open up in that way that is right for you. And then indeed, just a few years later, I knew with deep certainty that Yogananda was my guru. And when I first came to Ananda, I was so amazed that there were disciples of Yogananda, many disciples of Yogananda. And I felt through the other devotees here, this is Master's touch. I can feel my Guru's touch in this. But you know, we need to remind ourselves moment to moment, whatever level we're on. Remember, it's, it's a misnomer, if you think about it, to even use the word journey or path for the spiritual devotee. And yet we know we have to use it. I mean, Swami Kriyananda's autobiography is called what? The New Path. And... Yogananda himself talked about the journey to self-realization. But it is this little misnomer because we're not really going anywhere. We're not getting some, to some point. We're not achieving something. In the demystifying Patanjali, Swami Kriyananda opens up in the first sutra saying, or the second sutra, whether... It could be the first sutra, now I don't remember, his commentary on it. But he says, he had pondered whether to call yoga an achievement or an attainment. Interesting, eh? Most of us, we probably use those words pretty much the same way. But achievement means you're going somewhere, you're getting something. Attainment means you're realizing it from the deeper sense of that word. We're realizing that. We have that already. There's no place to go that's going to give us that. It's inside. It's our own divine heritage coming into our conscious experience and through all levels, even the subconscious. You know, the thing that we, we really start to learn as we dedicate our lives more spiritually is that we retrain or reprogram the subconscious to be an aid in lifting us up rather than an obstacle that takes us down. And when we can nurture that connection 
in every moment, in every part of our lives, then the right things will happen. Not only do we draw a true guru, we draw the attunement and the lessons and the gifts and that attainment through that presence. Because this is the challenge for us that have tuned into Yogananda. He's also an amazing spiritual teacher. His approach to sharing the spiritual teachings is amazing. It's so real for us. But that isn't the criteria that we should hold for the true guru. We just get a bonus through that. But it's that ability to magnetize our consciousness through that divine consciousness that the guru has. That's the essence of it. Because some gurus in India are monis. They keep silence. They're not teaching that way. They may not even write. They may not share that way. It is their magnetism of their consciousness that really is that which draws us into the experience. So again, we can treasure the amazing uh, gift of the way that Yogananda and Swami Kriyananda likewise had such clarity and ability to support us in understanding those teachings. But even with Swami Kriyananda, that I felt that it's his vibration in, in how he shares, whether through the books that he's written, the music, music songs and all that that he wrote, or just gazing into his eyes as well as looking at the eyes of the masters. It's the consciousness. It's the vibration. It's that magnetism. That is what is transformative. But we need to do our part to be more aware of that experience. That experience member is 100% there all the time. Why it isn't 100% for us, we're not 100% open. And so the challenge before us How do we grow? How do we attain that deepening openness where there is no separation? Where there just is that purity of our willingness, our devotion, our receptivity to gain that experience. I want to read to you from the words of Sister Gyanamata who was the foremost woman disciple of Yogananda and she passed away, left her body in 1951. And this is her words on the guru-disciple relationship. This is a letter that she wrote to fellow disciples. I did not mistake the guru-disciple relationship for a friendly one, nor a social one, nor one for work or service, nor for pleasure. It is solely spiritual, so deeply spiritual, that it passes away beyond my sight and understanding. Isn't that interesting, that last phrase? That it, one of the foremost disciples of Yogananda still felt, at least on the conscious mind part, that that guru-disciple relationship is beyond that comprehension. So we don't have to figure it out. What we need to figure out is how do we open up? What is going to be real moment to moment, day to day, week by week, month by month, year to year? Because a a real challenge for anyone on any spiritual path, journey, 
is you can easily become complacent. You know, I can raise my hand to doing that at times. You know, where we coast. We just feel, I'm all right. And it's not so much that we need to do this or that or implement this strategy or do something special. Well, that's wrong. We need to do something special. We need to be more in our self-offering. More in that giving of ourselves into the divine light through the great masters, through a guru. And if not, if you haven't chosen a guru, that still applies. To offer ourselves deeper and deeper in the experience that's unfolding to us. To draw on the blessings that are there already. And to feel that these blessings are a reflection of your deeper self. And that offering ourselves more and more, there's no longer a you to offer. There's no longer a divine to offer to. That there just is that experience. But let's together really just feel in our own lives, in something that's real for us, whatever it might be, it may be a thought that reoccurs throughout the day, it may be this or that, it may be a feeling, it may be just a certain touch that you know you can draw on. Let that be real, because then the divine will be with you and draw you to the next step deeper and deeper. Let's take a moment for meditation. 